Welcome to the American Freedom Podcast. Today is Tuesday. Um, wow. A lot to speak about as you hear amazingness going on. Um, Alright, let's get to it. As you hear in the background, a great song. Alright, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My name is Ari Mack. Today is Tuesday, June 25th. Um, we apologize about the delay of our... Um, podcast because I've I was I had some stuff to do, so we apologize about that. New report about show inflation: how much inflation has eaten away New Jersey spending power. Uh, New Jerseyans lost twenty eight thousand three hundred in buying power over fifteen years thanks to rising cost of living. That's from a report issued Monday. Uh, this is from July 17th, folks. This is crazy. Biting back New Jersey wind farm will rise, will raise the electric bills. Experts say Biden administration approved the wind farm off the coast of New Jersey that will cost taxpayers nearly $1 billion and subsidies will also raise their utility costs, experts, lawmakers say. Um, let's see what else is going on. There's been a uh, bombshell about this whole thing about the uh, Supreme Court, um, IRS, it's insane. Rand Paul, fortunately, his office caught on fire. A fire caused has caused heavy damage on Friday morning to a building that houses the bowling. Bowling Green Office, Kentucky, Center Rand Paul, as well as a local law firm. Fire crews called the built to the building on State Street at around 2 a.m. Friday found heavy blaze required additional units. Bowling, Bowling Green Fire Department um, spokeswoman Katie Mickey. 
told the Daily News. Six units were worked for hours, extinguishing the flames. Firefighters manning aerials to get the blaze from above. The fire caused from the roof and a pulmy heavy gray smoke rose from the top of the building at sunrise, the newspaper reported. No injuries reported. The cause of the origin of the fire were under under investigation. Paul's statement that he was thankful for the responders. Oh boy. This is crazy, folks. It's insane. Alright, uh what else is going on? What the hell is going on now? Alright. Hang on. Give me a minute. Just a minute. Exposed MTG just told us who brought Joe Biden. Trump may be arrested. There's a big country star who just got canceled. His name is Jason Alden. Aldean. We're going to play his song. Try that in a small town. We're going to play it. We are playing in the background earlier, but I want to play it um, and explain what the hell is this song about before um, why exactly it's being canceled. Let's just move on. Uh, New Jersey Democrats, you un unfordable together. This is this week's uh, California East Coast, New Jersey moves to ban new gas-powered cars. Listen to this. By 2035, as part of Energy Master Plan, Murphy on Monday un unveiled the environmental rules require Manufa vehicle manufacturer to make 100% their passenger cars, trucks, SUVs, electric by 2035, said Murphy. Move builds upon our nation leading record of bold climate action while delivering our on our promise utilize every tool at our disposal combat the intensifying climate crisis. Uh, no fear hikes in New Jersey. Transit 2.9 billion budget uh, but official cliff still looms. Oh uh, boy. Uh, the budget approval comes a day after New Jersey, New Jersey Transit announced signing controversial Four hundred forty million lease to Gateway Plaza in Newark it has drawn controversy over its high, highest costs. One's one's um come agency face is a steep official cliff. 
Uh, that's a bit crazy. So, yeah. Next. Um. Da -da -da -da. Exclusive rejected New Jersey Transit headquarters option uh, was 111 million cheaper than agencies chose Doc Show. Uh, that they were. This is crazy, folks. Governor Murphy says transgender issues have become completely culture war. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, folks. It is. What the hell is this? Hey, I just got breaking news. Governor DeSantis was in, involved in an accident in... Um, in Tennessee. Oh boy. I hope he's okay. Um It says here He was en route to Chanatonigia. Um and he says, we appreciate the prayers, which is well wishes nation has for his continued protection. Uh, campaign trail. A spokesperson, um, the, uh, the post crash occurred as DeSantis and his team were heading to southbound, southbound four car motorcade on the interstate 75. Wow. That's insane. The group caught. In heavy traffic near exit, the exit on Tennessee State Route 320. At approximately 8.15, the lead car and motorcade hit the brakes abruptly, forcing four-car pileup. Wow! A female staffer suffered minor injuries, but... Uh, went on with the campaign team to the event where she was treated, according to spokesperson. DeSantis was is widely seen as the only serious challenger uh, to the former president. Hey, why don't you say something about DeSantis? Is he alright? Is he fine? God damn. These people don't write about is he, if he's alright. Next. LeBron James' um, son suffers a cardiac arrest during a UC, USC practice. Was rushed to the hospital after a workout um, practice last night. Jane's family spokesperson told TMZ Sports yesterday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny to, and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition, no longer in the ICU, and we ask res full respect for privacy 
for the James family. We will update the media when there is more information. Man, oh man. Alright, we have um, a new update regarding Gary Shear. As per the minutes and agendas of the Passaic County Improvement Authority, January 25th, 2023, resolution uh, 22 through 39, Gary Shear now has a third public job, Executive Director of the Passaic County Improvement Authority. The three-year ter term began on February 1st, 2023. Shear's other public jobs are Assemblymen of the District 36th, Sang City of Passaic Council President Shear's salary for his third public job is $150,000 per year. With payroll taxes paid authority with and 15 sick days, 15 vacation days per year, quite a payroll package. Since he includes the position with enrollment PERS, Public Employee Retirement System, his future pen, pension Kobe can reach to a tremendous 98000 per year. And that is very comfortable retirement. And how can one man handle three public jobs efficiently without any conflict of interest? Um, that is pretend question worth pondering. Your tax dollars work at work in Shear's case is your tax dollars at work, your tax dollars at work, your tax dollars at work. P.S. One of the appointing commissioners of the Improvement Authority is none other than Wayne Alt Alston. Um, Sake Reddance will remember him too well. Yes, yes, yes. Alright, so this is ridiculous, folks. Alright, so Donald Trump spoke to. Find someone unexpected on Bumble. Um, Maria Bar Bartiroma. Listen to this one. I'm Maria Bartiromo. Today, breaking news from former President Donald J. Trump. I sat down with the 45th President of the United States when he told me he has not yet made a final decision on whether he'll participate in the upcoming GOP primary debate next month, but that there will likely be future members of his potential cabinet on that stage should he win the 2024 election. Here's part one of my interview from President Trump's Bedminster Golf Club in New Jersey. President Trump, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, I want to begin with the state of play of this election, with now uh, the election over a year away and the first GOP primary debate uh, a month or so away. Will you be on that stage? Are you participating in the upcoming debate? Well, you know, it's a uh, quite an easy question normally. Uh, Ronald Reagan didn't do it, and a lot of other people didn't do it. When you have a big lead, you don't do it. 
and we have a lead of 50 and 60 points in some cases, and uh, some of these people are at zero. Uh, Ron DeSanctis, as I call him, or DeSanctimonious, is down to, uh, he's in the teens now, and I'm at 50 and 60 and 65, and even I saw one today at 70. And so you're leading people by 50 and 60 points, and you say, why would you be doing a debate? It's, not, it's actually not fair. Why would you let somebody that's at zero, or at one or two or three, you don't be popping you with questions. Well, I mean, do you see any risk that if you don't show up, uh, Ron DeSantis has a good night and it cuts into your lead? Or somebody else has a good night and cuts into his lead. Because uh, that's what's happening. He's going down and a couple of them are going up. I think Vivek has done a very good job, frankly. I think some others have done a good job. So I haven't really made up my mind. Is there anyone on that stage you see as potential running mate? As your VP? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think you have some good people on the stage, actually. I think you have some very talented people. I've been impressed by some of them. Some of them I'm very friendly with, actually. Uh, a number of them called me up, not to ask for permission, but sort of to ask for permission to say they'd like to do it. A number of the people up there. Maria Bartiroma. What a terrible interview. What a terrible interview. Next, Eric Ballin. Maybe not as quickly as you had hoped. He did tweet saying, hey, we're the party of law and order. Let's be calm here. He also did offer, uh, you know, various law enforcement agencies, which he was turned down, um, you know, offered to Pelosi, who would have to have pulled the trigger on that. Ah, boy. Christie. Next. Oh. Israel President Israel Herzog was in America. Listen to this. In, listen to the whole speech. Listen. Paul, Madam Expecting Vice our first child. We were watching the first Israeli president invited to address a joint session of Congress in honor of Israel's 40th Independence Day. That president was my father. Standing here today, representing the Jewish Democratic State of Israel in its 75th year at the very podium from which my late father, President Chaim Herzog, spoke, is in the honor of a lifetime, and I thank you all heartedly for it. I was born and raised in Israel. But my father's diplomatic post at the United Nations brought my family to New York in the 1970s. During high school, I volunteered with the Legal Aid Society for the Elderly in Brooklyn, New York. I volunteered with the impoverished and the underprivileged elderly, including war veterans and Holocaust survivors who gave their best years to the country they loved. My mentor at the organization was a subtle, reserved professional. She was strictly business. The moment she broke character has remained with me for almost 50 years. It was the day she told me the love of her life died fighting for Israel. Her fiance, a tall, bright American Jewish boy, was inspired by the Zionist dream and the Jewish people's desire for independence. 
He voluntarily boarded a ship to Haifa, fought in the Israeli military, and fell in the battle for Israel's independence just weeks before their wedding. Although decades had gone by and she rebuilt her life, the cracks in her heart remained. That moment in which I learned of the life he gave for the state of Israel spoke to the very core of the bond forged between the people of the United States and the people of Israel. How the nations we built overcame loss. How deeply our stories complement each other's. How far we have all come together. Speaker McCarthy, I thank you for hosting this festive joint session of Congress celebrating the first 75 years of Israel's independence. Just a few weeks ago, during your first trip abroad as speaker, you honored the Israeli people by addressing the Knesset in Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Your sincere expression of friendship on behalf of the United States of America truly resonated with the Israelis. Thank you. Vice President Harris, it is such a great pleasure to see you again. I vividly recall hosting you at the Knesset a few years back. Your stirring remarks at the Israeli Embassy's Independence Day reception a few weeks ago reflect both yours and President Biden's decades-long ironclad friendship with Israel. Special thanks go to former Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who first invited me less than a year ago, together with Senator Chuck Schumer. And special thanks to dear friends, Senate Minority Leader Senator Mitch McConnell and House Minority Leader Congressman Hakeem Jeffries for this bipartisan, bicameral invitation. And my thanks also to the distinguished members of the Escort Committee for greeting me so beautifully. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, dear friends, in Jewish weddings, a glass is placed on the ground, intentionally stomped on. This ritual evokes the destruction of our temple in Jerusalem 2000. One in seven children does not have enough food to lead a healthy and Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Only after the glass is broken, because the celebration can truly begin. Amidst the most joyous occasions in the lives of two individuals who have come together to build something whole, we recall what was once broken in our nation. Thus, the bitter blends with the sweet. Today, the Hebrew calendar points to the first day of the month of Av. In Jewish tradition, this is a somber period in which we mourn the loss of our sovereignty. Jewish communities all over the world lament the beginning of our national exile, where throughout two millennia, 
we continuously express the spiritual connection to our ancestral homeland, a long, longing to return home and regain our independence. Yet today, at this moment in my people's history, gathering on Capitol Hill to celebrate 75 years of Israeli independence with our greatest partner and friend, the United States of America, my soul is overflowing with pride and joy. Israel are grateful to no end for the ancient promise fulfilled and for the friendship we have forged. In 1949, the President of the United States of America, Harry S. Truman, met with the Chief Rabbi of the newly established State of Israel, my grandfather, Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Alevi Herzog, in... Okay, next. IRS whistleblower. Listen to this one. Chairman Smith, Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Raskin, and members of the committee, today I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or, or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. I've been an agent with the IRS since 2010. In 2007, I received my undergraduate degree from Ohio University, my MBA from John Carroll University. Prior to starting my career at the IRS, I worked at Ernst & Young, Young as an external auditor. Throughout my career with the IRS, I have worked a variety of successful criminal tax and money laundering investigations. In 2018, I transitioned to being a, to being a part of the International Tax and Financial Crimes Group out of the Washington, D.C. field office. I was the lead IRS case agent on the Hunter Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my, actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. 
It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. I would first like to take a minute to thank some people for their unfettered help and support. First off. Um, thank you all for coming. Um, I want to start out by saying I want to thank President Herzog from Israel for coming over. In the first letter on June 7th, he said, I have been granted ultimate authority over the matter. Here's up the statement. Thank you for inviting me to testify here today. I want to thank every member and staff around both sides of the aisle who work for the work. Okay, this IRS whistleblower. Why the hell he comes out now? Why the hell does it come out now? This is crazy. And report transcripts of their testimony to the full House of Representatives to make that information public. These whistleblowers have gone. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I yield myself such time as I may consume. Gentlemen, is recognized. I brought a war powers resolution to the floor of this Congress to get U.S. troops out of Syria, arguing that. What are your concerns about AI and Uh, a couple different concerns. I do not want to see government. For all of you to share, to share. Thanks, Green. Uh, so I'm curious, uh, in Congress, tomorrow, um, so will the president be monitoring at all or get updates on the House Oversight Committee with a second IRS whistleblower is going to be testifying? So the president has a busy day tomorrow. Uh, as you all know, he's convening the the uh, Competition Council to, a new, to announce new actions. I don't want to speak uh, about to, it. To increase competition. I don't know because uh, I don't like this topic. Yeah, you moron. This is uh, Mr. Gosar of Arizona for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Now, Chairman Comer and his team have done an outstanding job of uncovering the millions of dollars sent to Hunter Biden from foreign sources located in places like China, Romania, and the Ukraine. It's pretty obvious that the Hunter Biden's only avenue for making money is the influence over his father. Now, the only thing missing is direct evidence that Joe Biden knew and participated in these bribery schemes. That is where you got brave men have come in. Their investigative effort, efforts have the potential to uncover direct evidence in a pay-to-play. And in some cases, it did. Yet they're very hindered from doing their jobs by the Department of Justice Deep State. As Mr. Shapley said, put it, quote, at every stage decisions were made to benefit the, the subject of this investigation, end of quote. That's under Biden and by extension, Joe Biden. Now, these men are not political people. They're hardworking agents. The last thing they want to do is speculate. So I'm not going to stick to, I'm going to stick to confirming the most egregious examples of the DOJ's prosecutorial misconduct, abuse, and favoritism detailed in their testimonies, and leave it up to the American people to draw their own conclusion. Mr. Shapley, under U.S. tax law, taxes owed all... Uh, congratulations to you. Next. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members. Thank you all for being here. Um, when I was a younger man, the country wasn't going too well. And one night it really culminated in something. And I remember my daddy praying, said, Lord, at the blessing, he just said, Lord, please don't let us lose our country. 
That's the prayer I'll be making tonight after hearing this testimony, because this just really, it sickens me. And I, Mr. Ziegler, I know you're a man of faith. Mr. Shapley, I guess after tonight, maybe you are or you aren't. I'm not sure <laughs> where it will drive you, but, uh, but I will be remembering y'all in my prayers. And uh, Mr. Ziegler, and I appreciate y'all's incredible courage. It takes a lot of guts to get up here and put your families and your spouses through all this garbage, and, and it's not right. And thank y'all. Sincerely. I, I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Mr. Ziegler, it's also come to my attention that today, after this hearing was already underway, apparently Oppo Research is circulating uh, from, quote, Hunter Biden's legal team, unquote, suggestions that you had leaked SARS and other investigative information to someone who had released that information online. Is there a statement that you'd like to make about whether you have leaked any investigative information to someone to reveal on the internet? And I'm sure Hunter Biden's legal team, who's obviously watching right now, and these dirtbags are trying to smear you through the press, and it's disgusting. And I'd appreciate hearing a, a direct answer from you, brother. So there's two parts to this. There was that release of that um, bank report my name was listed in there. So my name was out in the public as one of the IRS agents working this case. And that was maybe two or three years ago. So that came out. And then on top of that, m me and my husband were in, in, a, in a report that's out on social media, on Twitter, by a person with the same last name that I have, who I've never met, I've never turned over information to. We just happen to have the same last name, okay? Right. I was... For my sexuality, my sexual orientation, my, my husband was put out there, like, information related to me. So it was in an effort to discredit me that I'm this person working for the, the liberal side and I must, must be a plant. And it was awful, the things that they were saying about me. But I can tell you that I've never turned over any information regarding this case to anyone, anyone related to that Marco Polo report or someone with the same last name that I have. Is this crazy or what? Next. He heard my time. Because what I really want to talk about here is evidence. Evidence, evidence, evidence. Mr. Johnson was so eager to talk about what he called the hard evidence, and yet all we heard again was him repeating allegations without identifying any evidence you can repeat all of these allegations as much as you want but it doesn't make them true the gentleman you, you are not witnesses i don't have enough time unfortunately you are not witnesses to any of this conduct and just because you say it over and over it doesn't make it so and if we're talking about censorship here which i believe is presumably the reason why mr kennedy is here the tweet that you've identified was never taken down Whatever the government may have tried to do, and I don't, I don't agree that it tried to do what you said it did, it wasn't taken down. So how can the government actually censor anyone if there's enough freedom within the companies they're talking to that they reject whatever? This is crazy. All right. This one. Uh, Tony Bennett, a great guy. Listen to this song. 
I tried to fool you from the start and make you fall and break your heart. But here's a joke the heart that broke was mine. Next, this guy named Jason Aldean. Because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, his lyrics to that song. Let's see. Um, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjack an old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner. Of a liquor store. You think it's cool. Well. Act a fool. If you like a cuss. If you like a cuss out. A cop spitting his face. Stomp on the red flag. Light it up. Yeah you think. You're tough. Well try that in a small town. See how far you make it down. On the road, road round here, we take care of our town. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. And then verse 2, he says, Got a gun my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that shit might fly. In this city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. Blah, blah, blah. And then the bridge is full of good old boys. Raised up. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. And then... I don't know why... They're making this... A whole crazy song. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? This is the song that they're making it crazy about. Liberal. I don't hear anything that's that's that that should be canceled. Recommend you 
video itself. You should watch the video. It's amazing. Uh, next, Rex Horman. Rex Horman. Um, listen to this. This guy is a bad boy. Great question and answers, yes. Did you do it? Rex Horman, the notorious serial killer. We believe, alleged, these are some of the victims. This is, it's big news, folks. We don't see serial killers brought into custody very often, but this should have happened a dozen years ago. This is way too late. Did you know Suffolk County, where all this went down? For a long time, it was run by, well, a corrupt district attorney and a corrupt police chief. Here they are. Each of these individuals, uh, Burke on the left, the chief of police, and Spoda on the right, the DA, they both went to federal prison for a long time. The guy on the left there, yeah, they think that he may have been thwarting the investigation because it could have implicated him at one point. He had all kinds of interests, shall we say, in uh, prostitutes. Well... Those guys are gone, and fortunately, the good guys are running the show right now. District Attorney Ray Tierney on the right and Rodney Harrison, Suffolk County Police Commissioner. Both of these gentlemen took office in early 2022. Now, this case has been going on forever, right? I mean, they made books, movies, docuseries, podcasts, a million of them about the Gilgo Beach matter. And these guys, they were able to figure it out in a matter of weeks. No exaggeration. We took analysts, we took detective investigators, and they worked on a daily basis with other talented investigators from all of the agencies here. Um, this is a bad man. Really bad man. It's terrible. Uh, next. Hey, what the hell is this? Eric But what? Hey. Excitement for that. Um, <laughs> I'm Deputy Mayor uh, for Operations, Mira Zoshi. I have the privilege and the awesome responsibility of overseeing the maintenance and the evolution of our city's foundational infrastructure. That's the ah, the foundation of the sidewalks, blah blah blah. of how our city works. It's our core. But the city also has an ever-present and not-so-pleasant external skeleton that when used right... All right, enough. Next. Uh, well, as you all know, today is National Hot Dog Day. And uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, this is Mitt Romney. I love them in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with baked beans. I just like hot dogs. It's the best... You know, mess meat there is without question. So to all of you who like me are celebrating uh, National Hat Hot Dog Day, uh, congratulations to you, and may there be many, many more hot dogs served in our wonderful land. Did you? What the flip? Okay. Next. A day. A day of. 
they will fatally weaken them. They, they will fatally weaken the officials on the legal basis of unread at the Knesset. The same and the Knesset over many years. Today is a sad day, a day of the destruction of the temple, a day of free hate. I look at this is according to your Lapid. The coalition celebrating and ask, why are you celebrating? That you are dismantling the Jewish state that we have? The people who have served together in the reserves for 30 years cancel the annual meeting because they know it will end badly? This extreme government is hugging and posing to celebrate the moment they made it so that we are no longer brotherly people. Let's go to our senior diplomatic correspondent, Owen Altman, who spent the day. Yesterday, the third round of the vote um, was passed, which is amazing. All changes. What, um, if any, uh, kind of consequences of in it's reaction? Amazing. It's wonderful. Russia is now subjecting the citizens of Odessa to their most intense. Meanwhile, Benjamin Netanyahu speaks. שעד לאחרונה בכירים באופוזיציה תמכו בשינוי עילת הסבירות. 
הסכימו לבטל אותה לחלוטין. אבל גם אם לא מסכימים לתיקון המידתי שהובא, זה בטח לא מצדיק את שיבוש חייהם וגרימת סבל למיליוני אזרחים, מיליוני אזרחים שלא מצליחים להגיע לעבודה או לבתי חולים או לשדה התעופה בגלל חסימות כבישים, עיכוב אמבולנסים, הצתות, חסימת נתב"ג. ולמרות הכל, חבריי, למרות הכל, אנחנו נמשיך לחתור להידברות ולהשגת הסכמות. אנחנו לא מוותרים על הסיכוי להשיג הסכמה רחבה, ואני אומר לכם שזה אפשרי. כבר בימים הקרובים, הקואליציה תפנה לאופוזיציה במטרה לקיים שיח בינינו. אנחנו מוכנים לדון על הכל ומייד, ולעשות את זה בסבב השיחות בפגרה, ולהגיע להסכם כולל על הכל, ואם צריך... אנחנו נוסיף עוד זמן עד סוף נובמבר. זה די ויותר זמן להגיע להסכם על הכול. ויש לנו הסכמות. כולנו מסכימים ש... אנחנו, ישראל חייבת להישאר... שהיא תמשיך לשמור על זכויות הפרט לכולם. שהיא לא תהפוך למדינת הלכה. שבית המשפט ימשיך להיות עצמאי. וש... Thank you. 
On Bradland Oaks is back. We're expecting some warmer conditions to build over the coming days, Bradland. That's exactly right. Temperatures are going to be above average, especially by the time we get to the end of the week. Now, we do have a little bit of rain out there and some strong frontal zones moving through. But other than that, it's fairly... It's going to be very hot in Australia next. Is. It's not impeachment. It allows Congress to investigate by giving Congress the full power to get the information they need. It, it's the way people should go about investigating. So let me. McCarthy's thinking of impeachment for Trump next. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. On January 21st, 2021, I introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. And less than two weeks later, I was kicked off all of my committees by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They said it was for Facebook comments and replies and likes, but we all know the truth. It was because my articles of impeachment on Joe Biden were correct. He was indeed abusing his power as Vice President of the United States. Now we have more information to prove that not only was I right then, but it was more damning than we already knew. But I'd like to roll back. President Trump was wrongfully impeached twice. Twice. And both of these impeachments must be expunged by the House of Representatives. But what I'd like to talk about is the difference in the type of information we have. The Democrats brought out the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was written as a Democrat political opposition research paper. The information was written by a contractor and it was fed to the FBI. with no transparency on subsources. The contractor had no primary source information and the FBI operationalized uncorroborated claims to secure FISA warrant on political campaign official of opposing political party. Information was later debunked by Congress, the inspector general and special counsel investigations. But the mainstream media won Pulitzer Prizes on the bogus Russia narrative. And then they led the witch hunt, leading to impeaching President Trump over a phone call with the president of Ukraine. But let me tell the House what type of information we actually have. We have an FBI form called an FD-1023 form, and here's the difference for the public listening. On the 1023 form, the information originated from an FBI informant who'd been relied upon for many years and was considered the FBI's top informant. It was also paid $200,000 for multiple years by the FBI. Information was written by the FBI agent in official FBI form and relied on no additional subsources. The FBI informant was a direct eye and ear witness to the information provided. The FBI apparently took no action to further the investigation to assess the invest witness to the information provided. The FBI apparently took no action to further the investigative claim. The FBI has refused to describe any investigative steps to assess the investigative information. Therefore, it has not been debunked, despite White House's lies and false claims. The mainstream media has largely ignored the story or parroted the White House false claim. What does the FD-1023 form tell you? I'll tell you exactly what it says, because not only have I read it, 
I also have it in my possession right here. And this is a form that the entire American people, the entire public should have because it's unclassified. But Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, forced us to read it in a skiff and would not hand it over to us. Thankfully, Senator Chuck Grassley released this form because it was provided to him by a brave whistleblower. This form entails the damning information that then Vice President Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe from the oligarch that owns Burisma. Not only did Joe Biden take a $5 million bribe, so did Hunter Biden. And what did Joe Biden deliver as Vice President of the United States? He got Victor Shokin. The Ukrainian prosecutor general fired from his job. How did Joe Biden, vice president, get that done? He threatened to withhold $1 billion of USAID to Ukraine until Viktor Shokin was fired. And you want to know what? He was fired. Twenty In 2016, Joe Biden himself bragged to the Foreign Council and told them that he got him fired. He bragged about it. It's on video. But that's not all they've done. Hunter Biden has also gotten his father on the phone over two dozen times to talk with his business partners and talk with them about the business that they are doing. And even more so, in our possession through our investigations on a Republican-led committees, we also have a WhatsApp chat that says, from Hunter Biden, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Who's his father? Joe Biden. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And it continues on. What I'm demanding is that the Republican-led House of Representatives move forward on an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden. Because this type of corruption should never be allowed to stand. We must expunge President Trump's wrongful impeachments, and we must impeach Joe Biden. Good afternoon. Responsible uh, governance is a core pillar of the Republican commitment to America. Today, the Rules Committee will continue to deliver on that uh, promise by... Pastor. Well, thank you to the witnesses for your testimony and your service to America. The costs and harms of the climate crisis have never been more apparent to uh, Americans and people all across the globe. Uh, Secretary Ratner, yesterday the Joint Economic Committee highlighted climate risks to the U.S. military, U.S. military bases and other DOD assets. They say it's a fundamental threat to our national security. This followed a 2018 DOD assessment of climate uh, threats to our strategic infrastructure, a 2019 DOD report, as well on climate impacts. They noted repeated flooding at Naval Base Guam as already limiting operations and activities for the Navy Expeditionary Forces Command Pacific and the island's Anderson Air Force Base, submarine squadrons, telecommunications, and a number of other specific tasks supporting mission execution. Uh, Considering the U.S. has more than 200 bases in the Indo-PACOM area of operation, and there have been 411 natural disasters, a typhoon which left most of Guam without power, uh, Anderson Air Force Base, Marine Corps Camp Blas with more than two feet of rain. What, 
Well, how do these climate fuel disasters affect our uh, Indo-Pacific military strategy? What's, what is DOD doing to ensure installation, resilience, readiness, and personnel safety in that region? Congresswoman, I can provide you with a, a specific answer to that question following the hearing. I will say uh, this is clearly a major issue for the department. You have cited many of the reasons why that is. It affects our facilities. Uh, it potentially affects our ability to operate uh, in the event of severe weather, and it has destabilizing effects potentially on the, in the region, including for some of our closest allies and partners. So this is uh, an important issue for the department. And happy and the, to provide do, the, you do the budget cuts uh, to climate resilience and programs at DOD hurt our posture? Congresswoman, again, I'll get you the specifics following the hearing, but uh, absolutely it's important that we continue to invest in, in uh, resilience, and we've seen some of the effects of this severe weather uh, recently, as you described. Uh, Secretary uh, Krinkenbrink, the Biden administration focus on strengthening relationships with allies and partners to counter the Chinese Communist Party has been very important. This includes climate resilience and clean energy. Can you talk about the importance of USAID, uh, the Development Finance Corporation, and the Southeast Asia Smart Power Program, Clean Edge Asia, uh, to our national security and our interest in countering China? Yes, Congresswoman, thank you very much. I would argue that um, uh, I would fully agree strengthening our relationship with allies and partners is central to our entire strategy, our security and prosperity in the region, and our ability to outcompete China, certainly for friends in Southeast Asia and perhaps even more so in the Pacific Islands. Climate resilience is an existential national security question. So our work together in building resilience on these transnational uh, challenges is incredibly important. The work that USAID, DFC, and others do uh, in the energy uh, realm, uh, in promoting clean energy, climate adaptation, and resilience is really central to what we're trying to achieve. When you say central, you mean it's critical to the entire de-risking strategy, what you just talked about with Congressman Torres? I would say yes, ma'am. And, and certainly in Southeast Asia, I would argue it's even more urgent uh, among our Pacific Island partners. We talk about meeting them where they live. Our strategy is designed to cooperate with them on the issues that are most urgent for them. I think climate would probably be number one for Almost all of them. Thank you very much. I yield back. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of our witnesses for being here. I want to start by thanking the... Well, thank you to the witnesses for your testimony and your service to America. The costs and harms of the climate crisis have never been more apparent to uh, Americans and people all across the globe. Uh, Secretary Ratner, yesterday the Joint Economic Committee highlighted climate risks to the U.S. military, U.S. military bases and other DOD assets. They say it's a fundamental threat to our national security. This followed a 2018 DOD assessment of climate uh, threats to our strategic infrastructure, a 2019 DOD report. 
as well on climate impacts. They noted repeated flooding at Naval Base Guam as already... Pastor. Well, thank you to the witnesses for your testimony. All right, we're going to head out. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day.